0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is January 25th, 2023, and our first story The GOP has removed Democrats Schiff and Swalwell from the intel committees, and they're pissed. But Kevin McCarthy says Adam Schiff lied to the American people, and an FBI briefing raises questions about Swalwell and a Chinese spy. In our next story, MSNBC's Joe Scarborough is trying to justify his reasoning behind how he got COVID despite being vaccinated three times, And then calls everyone morons and says you got to get boosters and updates just like the flu shot. And uh, some doesn't seem quite right about his position. Plus a whole bunch of other stories. Rick Ross says Teslas will drive you to the police. He doesn't like smart cars. He ain't wrong. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. Kevin McCarthy, Republican Speaker of the House has removed Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff from the Intelligence Committee. And Ilhan Omar is being removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Now, naturally, these individuals are outraged and many other Democrats are outraged. And in fact, even some Republicans are angry, but it must be done. You see, Adam Schiff lied a lot, claiming that they had direct evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia that just just wasn't public yet. Their investigation had uncovered a sitting president of the United States was secretly colluding with a foreign adversary. It is one of the most insane things to even imagine. And in hindsight, it seems ridiculous that any of us would have entertained the notion. Now of course, many of you probably didn't. But I gave it some thought. I said, well, you know, look, I don't, I don't know if it's true, but maybe we should look into it because if it is, it's something bad, right? Often giving the benefit of the doubt to some very, very bad people and for that I have regrets. I didn't know enough about Adam Schiff, but now I'm kind of pissed. This is a guy who released private phone records of Devin Nunes and an American citizen, a journalist, no less. So uh, yeah, Kevin McCarthy is in the right to remove this man from a committee position that would give him access to privy information. As for Eric Swalwell, now Swalwell, I can't really say did anything wrong in terms of the fang fang story. He was apparently commingling with a Chinese spy a long time ago. And I don't know to what extent that impacts his job. Now, Matt Gates talked about it. He made some good points. But Kevin McCarthy says he was given a briefing. And looking at it, he says, okay, this guy should not have access to this information. It's a national security interest situation. And you know what? I'll take his word for it. Because I know the Adam Schiff thing is true. I know that Adam Schiff lied. And Kevin McCarthy called him out to the press sternly. This is a man who lied to the American people. And he did. Now, Eric Swalwell also played a lot of stupid games and also misleads the public. You know, that's tough. Politicians lie. It's what they do. Kicking them off committees? Well, you got this Santos guy who apparently lies a whole lot and lied a whole lot. And he's being granted committee, committee positions. And Adam Schiff and the other Democrats are saying, see, look, he's giving this liar a position. Yeah, well, he's not giving him a, a committee position on the Intelligence Committee. So it's very, very different. I want to take you back and I want to show you what Adam Schiff was saying. And I want to show you how, how the media now is coming to the defense and, and gaslighting what Adam Schiff did when he was chairman of the Intelligence Committee, was, I would describe evil. I describe it as evil. Claiming you had evidence that the president was committing treason. And this is treason. Aiding and abetting a foreign adversary. Okay, maybe not literal treason, because I think you might have to be at war. But Russia is an adversary of the United States. We should be allies. But look, these things happen. Russia has different interests to us. You've got the war in Ukraine. So, yeah to accuse the president of the United States. Why? Because they lost. They lost in 2016. They were mad they lost in 2016. So they made up a fake story. And then when the Mueller report came out and said it wasn't true, Adam Schiff switches his smoking gun narrative to the, well, no, 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 they're not wrong. Mueller's not wrong. He's just saying they didn't exonerate Trump, but they couldn't prove it, bro. This Adam Schiff guy came out and said there was a smoking gun evidence that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. He said it over and over and over again. And he even said, it's there. It's just not public yet. You will see. And you know what? It's not real. It was never real. So yeah, maybe this level of corruption should not be allowed in the intelligence committee. But let's take a look at the story. Before we do, my friends, head over to TimCast.com to become a member and support our work directly. As a member, you will get access to the uncensored TimCast IRL show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We had an awesome episode last night with Nuance Bro. We were talking about racial disparities in crime. I want to check it out. And then on Monday, we had Steven Crowder. And we talked about the inner workings of big tech and various things we had been offered by these big companies. Supporting our work as a member at TimCast.com doesn't just get you access to these shows. It helps our cultural endeavors. We're building physical locations. I would love to have a thousand coffee shops in this country in five years. Seems like a, an ambitious goal. Maybe we'll settle with two in the next year and a half. We already have the building for our first location, a physical space where people can hang out. And when you walk in for your cup of coffee, when a regular person a Normie, who's not paying attention to politics, walks in for a cup of coffee and they get their coffee. They look up, there's a TV screen. And guess what's playing? It's playing Steven Crowder. It's playing Tim Kitts. It's playing Viva and Barnes. It's playing Stick, Sex and Hammer. And so we will give a space in physical locations to these conversations with your support. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read this story from Tim Katz. McCarthy removes Schiff Swalwell from House Intelligence Committee. I am committed to returning the House Intelligence Committee to one of genuine honesty and credibility. Newly elected Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy rejected appointments of California Representatives Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell for the House Intelligence Committee. The announcement followed a meeting between McCarthy and Democratic Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. I have rejected the appointments of Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell for the House Intelligence Committee. I am committed. uh, So we, we read it already. Let's 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 pull up the actual letter he wrote and see exactly what he said. To the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries, dear Leader Jeffries, thank you for your letter dated January 21st, 2023, regarding Representatives Schiff and Swalwell. I appreciate the loyalty you have for your Democrat colleagues, and I acknowledge your efforts to have two members of Congress reinstated to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. But I cannot put partisan loyalty ahead of national security, and I cannot simply recognize years of service as the sole criteria for membership on this essential committee. Integrity matters more. As such, in order to maintain a standard worthy of this committee's responsibilities, I am hereby rejecting the appointments of Representative Adam Schiff and Representative Eric Swalwell to serve on the the Intelligence Committee. It is my assessment that the misuse of this panel during the 116th and 117th Congresses severely undermined the primary national security and oversight missions, ultimately leaving our nation less safe. Therefore, as we enter a new Congress, I am committed to returning the Intelligence Committee to one of genuine honesty and credibility that regains the trust of the American people. Of course, Schiff and Swalwell are outraged at the idea that they would ever be held accountable. Now, now, now let me slow down. Swalwell did play into the Russia con game. It was a lie, it was a manipulation. As for the Fang Fang thing, the Chinese spy, you know, that's tough. You know, Matt Gates, he came and made excellent points. Eh, it was back when he was like a small town mayor. I don't know if that really matters. I dig it. I dig the honesty. Here's an opportunity to score political points, getting Eric Swalwell off this committee. But you know what? Right now, what we know is Adam Schiff lied. Kevin McCarthy, not the biggest fan of the guy, but he says, we've got a briefing from the DO, I think from the DO, from Intelli- an intelligence briefing that shows Swalwell uh, uh, is compromised to a certain degree or brings up security risks. So we're not going to have him on this committee. Okay, there you go. Are we done? Apparently not. Mike Cernovich tweets, all of you who melted down when I said Speaker McCarthy would bring the heat can start apologizing now. Do so below. And I want to play for you this video where Kevin McCarthy responds to a journalist outlining his reasons. You can't really hear the journalists. So I don't want to meander too much on. There we go.
1: He's gone elected by district I so okay let, let me be very clear and respectful to you you ask me a question when I answer it it's the answer to your question you don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not okay in all respect thank you no no let's answer her question you just raised a question I'm gonna be very clear with you the Intel committee is different you know why because what happens in the Intel committee you don't know what happens in the Intel committee of the secrets are going on in the world Other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel because it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first, all right? And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about the FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy.
0: Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.?
1: They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. So this has nothing to do with Santos. Santos is not on the intel committee. But you know what? Those voters elected Schiff, even though he lied. Those voters elected Swalwell, even though he lied to the American public too. So you know what? I'll respect his voters too, and they'll serve on committees, but they will not serve on a place. It's interesting.
0: The argument made by Schiff and Swalwell and Omar has a lot to do with Santos. You know, this guy is accused of lying about a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Apparently, they're saying he's like a drag queen or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. Just a little bit, obviously, on the surface level. But McCarthy makes a good point. Adam Schiff lied over and over again. His constituents still vote for him. Fine. You can have committees, but not ones where you're threatening national security. Santos is accused of lying over and over again as well. Fine. He's not going to be on Intel, but we'll put him on committees. Not like what the Democrats did with removing Marjorie Taylor Greene. And of course, the Washington Post runs an article saying they're completely different. Marjorie Taylor Greene got removed from her committees because of old Facebook posts from years prior. Old Facebook posts. That was their justification. It's absolutely remarkable that they would attack Marjorie because she said nonsense things they didn't like, things they view as nonsense they didn't like, but Swalwell who was a politician, who has a briefing uh, sent from the FBI, and Adam Schiff, who lied. That, to me, is really incredible. Adam Schiff tweets, Kevin McCarthy just kicked me and Rep Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee. This is petty political payback for investigating Donald Trump. If he thinks this will stop me, he will soon find out just how wrong he is. I will always defend our democracy. Yeah, I really don't buy it. They did a, a, a briefing. I have some clips here.
2: He's uh, a human fraud, George Santos, on committees, uh, a serial uh, fabricator about every part of his existence. He's perfectly comfortable with it. He needs George Santos.
0: Yeah, but he's not talking about putting George Santos on the Intelligence Committee. You see where this goes? Ian Miles Chong tweets, Eric Swalwell plays the victim when asked to address McCarthy's refusal to put him on the Intelligence Committee.
1: Oh, about somebody else. So this is purely about political vengeance. The cost is not only removing us from the committee on the Intelligence Committee, the cost is not only breaking, shattering the most precious glassware in the cabinet, a committee that's always been bipartisan. The costs are the death threats that Ms. Omar, myself, Here we go. and Mr. Schiff keep getting because Mr. McCarthy continues to aim and project these smears against us. Even though we have said publicly these smears are bringing death threats. He continues to do it, which makes us believe that there's an intent behind it.
0: Right there. My attitude is Swalwell, you're out. You're lying. You are corrupt. Gone. He keeps smearing us and it's resulting in death threats. Therefore, he wants them to happen. If you rob a bank and then I say reports suggest you robbed a bank. Hey, hey, you're smearing me. Look, man, I know the media lie. They, they're, they're, they're liars and they smear. So we try to do our best to, to, to break through the noise and figure out what's true. So if I say, my friend, you did a thing we know you did. Adam Schiff lied to the American people. I've got proof. We know he did. Then when we say we don't want him on a committee or we tell the American people he lied and you say, hey, it's a smear. And now people are threatening us. Like, dude, telling the world you did a bad thing. Making them mad is not us trying to make anything bad happen to you. It's called accountability. And of course, Swalwell goes right for that. But the death threats against us. Get them off. These people are bad. Swalwell tweeted in response to McCarthy saying this rejection is based on a claim. The Washington Post independent fact checker gave four Pinocchios. Speaker Boehner and Ryan, both gang of eight members, appointed me to Intel with access to the same facts McCarthy is distorting. He can keep me off intel, but I'm not going away. Okay. Washington Post. Let's talk about the Washington Post. This is from uh, analysis from Glenn Kessler. Yes, yes. The Washington Post, unbiased as it were. McCarthy's specious attacks on Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. So they write, January 18th, 2023. Two years ago, when House Democrats removed Marjorie Taylor Greene from all House committees, After she espoused extremist beliefs and approved of violence against prominent Democratic politicians, McCarthy and other Republicans warned that the precedent-shattering move would come back to haunt them. Traditionally, each party had selected its own committee members and uh, meted its own punishment. Late in 2021, the Democratic-controlled House also removed Rep. Paul Gosar from all committees after he used official resources to create and post an animated video depicting the killing of Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and violence against President Biden. All right. That was a post, I believe, that was like Attack on Titan, the anime. And they put AOC's face on the Titans. Eh, Perhaps inappropriate. A lot of people thought it was funny to do a meme like that. But um, considering the level of violence in this country, I'm going to say inappropriate. Strip him from his committees. Okay, well, look, I'll put it this way. Did he do a thing while he was in Congress and you removed him for it? Well, did it create any threats to this country? Was it an ethics breach where you tell him not to do it again? Or did you say it is an opportunity to gain political power? Oh, that's what they did. Okay. As for Marjorie Taylor Greene, let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, who made comments before she was actually in office. And for this reason, they went after her. But when Ilhan Omar was heavily criticized for multiple posts that people said were anti-Semitic, I refer to them as crop dusting anti-Semitism, like getting as close as possible without being overt. They said, instead of even condemning Ilhan, first of all, she stays on her committees. Second of all, we're not actually going to condemn her. We're going to condemn all bigotry. So they didn't actually address the complaints against Ilhan Omar. And now you come and say, no. So this is the game they play. Eric Swalwell, they say, Chinese spy, but he didn't actually do anything wrong. That's a fair point. I I, I gotta say, there may be some compromising information here we don't know about. This is what uh, McCarthy says about the briefing. I'd like to see the evidence. I'd like to know for sure we're doing the right thing. Fair point. Because Adam Schiff played dirty games, too. This is an article from four years ago. House Russia investigation has abundance of evidence against Trump, says top Democrat. Adam Schiff said the panel had seen evidence of collusion with Russia and obstruction by Donald Trump's campaign and administration that's not yet public. Really? February 2018. Adam Schiff, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, said Wednesday that the panel had seen an abundance of evidence of collusion with Russia and obstruction by Donald Trump's campaign and administration that is not yet public. Guess what? It's not true. Donald Trump didn't do these things. They lied. This was a lie. Speaking to reporters in Washington, Schiff said a lot of information was already in the public domain that pointed to extensive contacts between the Trump campaign team and the Kremlin and later efforts by the Trump entourage to cover up those contacts. But Schiff said there was much more to come out. Quote, there is certainly an abundance of non-public information that we've gathered in the investigation. And I think that some of the non-public evidence is evidence on the issue of collusion and some on the issue of obstruction. He's very careful in how he phrased it, but it wasn't true. He played this game where he's like, There was evidence Trump colluded because Trump one time talked to a Russian. Is it evidence? Well, I mean, in the most strictest of sense, I guess technically, but not compelling evidence, not beyond a reasonable doubt. Like, I'll put it this way. A bank gets robbed. You are seen fleeing away from the direction of the bank. You then go to court and they say, what evidence have you? This individual was seen fleeing the scene of the crime. Okay. Is it evidence? It is. Is it proof? It's certainly not. You could have been jogging. You could have been running from a dog. You could have been running from uh, running to the bathroom because you had to go really bad. So if you take a small piece of evidence and line it up with a bunch of things to paint a picture, let's talk about other evidence. One witness says they saw you running from the scene of the crime. He was near the bank. I saw him running away from it. Does it prove you did anything? Of course not. It could just be, like I said, you're going to the bathroom. Another witness says I saw him go in the bank moments before. Now we're getting somewhere. You see, maybe evidence not legitimate. But you see, this kind of language being used here is intended to manipulate the American people. From the Washington Examiner, Meghan McCain presses Adam Schiff on claim of smoking gun over Trump and Russia collusion. This was July 25th, 2019. And he was asked, why do you think Mueller is wrong? And he goes, no, 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 no. And this is what we saw. Democrats all came out and played the game when it came to Russian collusion, saying that, well, it didn't exonerate him. Mueller says... Trump wasn't exonerated. Yeah, because investigations don't exonerate. You can't exonerate. You're trying to prove if there's a preponderance of evidence to move forward with an indictment to then prove that a reasonable doubt someone committed the crime. And so what ends up happening? They say it was not exonerating of Trump. That's the new game they play. Now, interestingly, some Republicans are actually pushing back. Axios reports GOP opposition to kicking Dems off committees grows. Another member of the House Republican Conference, Rep. Victoria Sparts, said Tuesday she opposes Speaker Kevin McCarthy's plan to strip committee assignments from several House Democrats. Her comments put an expected vote to kick Rep. Ilhan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee in serious jeopardy, as Republicans with the narrow majority can only afford to lose a handful of votes. That vote could come as soon as this week. House Democrats' steering committee is meeting Tuesday evening to recommend committee assignments. Compounding matters for Republicans is that Rep. Greg Stube of Florida has said he will be out of D.C. for several weeks as he recovers from injuries sustained from falling off a ladder. Oh, bummer, man. Sparks in a statement cited her votes in 2021 against kicking Reps Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar off their committees. Two wrongs do not make a right. Speaker Pelosi took the unprecedented actions last Congress to remove Reps Greene and Gosar from their committees without proper due process. As I spoke against it on the House floor two years ago, I will not support this charade again. Her statement also applies to McCarthy's plan to kick Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off the House Intelligence Committee as well. But McCarthy can do that unilaterally without a House vote. Okay, Adam Schiff should not be on the Intelligence Committee, period. He look at look at this. Controversy on phone records intensifies amidst impeachment. How about you write Rep. Adam Schiff leaked private phone records? It was a drive-by. It was a gratuitous drive-by that you wanted to smear the ranking member, Collins told Schiff's Democratic counsel, Daniel Goldman. Schiff's detail, I'm sorry, Schiff's report detailed that Nunes had multiple communications with key figures in the House impeachment inquiry, Rudy Giuliani, Trump's lawyer, as well as Giuliani's Soviet-born associate Lev Parnas, blah, blah, blah. They also released the phone records on John Solomon, an American citizen, private citizen, and journalist. This is evil and it's abuse of power. So don't come to me, Sparts or anyone else, and say Schiff deserves to be on this panel. I disagree. They say Rep. David Joyce of Ohio, the chair of the moderate Republican governance group, told Axios on Tuesday that Omar should be at least given the opportunity to defend her prior statements on the House floor. I haven't taken a position on it because I haven't seen a case against her, but I think she's entitled to due process and she should be able to make her case on why she shouldn't be removed. Okay, I agree. I really do. I do. On Omar, I do. Sparks joins Rep. Nancy Mace, who told Axios in December, I'm not going to support it. Rep. David Vallado Valido, also told Axios at the time, I've never been a fan of that. Members are elected by their districts to throw them off seems inappropriate. Rep. Mike Lawler, who represents a Biden district, but also has many Jewish constituents told Axios last month, he supports booting Omar. Somebody like Ilhan Omar should not be serving on foreign affairs, especially with her stated positions with respect to the state of Israel. So I would absolutely vote to remove her, he said in a phone interview. I'm going to pause right there and say, look, man, israel palestines a conflict. Ilhan Omar has made uh, less than polite comments about Israel, but many people have made supportive comments of Israel. Should they be booted because of what they said about Palestine? I think you should have an eclectic range of views on these committees, and simply because she's critical of Israel does not mean she should be removed, in my opinion. two other fra- Now, if you want to get into anti-Semitism and you want to talk about the weird, creepy, anti-Jewish stuff, I'll have a conversation about why I'd be concerned about those biases. And that's a consideration for Ilhan Omar. If her statements about Israel are rooted in anti-Semitism, meaning she's just literally biased against Israel for the sake that it's a Jewish state or something to that effect, then I'd be like, that's not sound logic. That's not going to help improve things. If she is critical of Israel for legitimate political reasons, like the West Bank, etc., then it is wrong to remove her. Unfortunately for Omar, I'll say this. She's made disparaging comments about people that many view are anti-Sem- anti-Semitic, and I think get close to it. But... Maybe there should be some due process on this one. Adam Schiff is really what it comes down to. Adam Schiff, just get him out. He is corrupt. Sparks also issued a broader rebuke of McCarthy's governance, stating Speaker McCarthy needs to stop bread and circuses in Congress and start governing for a change. She has proven increasingly independent in her second term, voting present on several ballots during the speaker election earlier this month and denying McCarthy a crucial vote before eventually flipping back and voting for him
3: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void, We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's
0: very interesting. We'll see how this all goes down. But the Republicans aren't stopping there. From Politico, McCarthy taps GOP members to investigate COVID policies. The panel, which will include Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, is expected to investigate the origins of the virus and pandemic restrictions. Should get interesting. Looking to flip the tables on years of Democratic led probes, Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Tuesday night named nine Republicans to the select subcommittee, including uh, including a chief in rep, Brad Wenstrup's uh, Ohio, co-chair of the GOP Doctors Caucus. The subcommittee is likely to be at the center of a multi-pronged GOP led effort to investigate coronavirus policies that's expected to include pandemic restrictions the origins of the virus and decisions by high profile health officials, including Fauci, who stepped down from his post as President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor last year. The lawmakers will also finally get answers to the covid origins and the federal governments research that contributed to the pandemic. Green, who emerged as an ally for the California Republican during his speakership fight, but still holds a megaphone with the party's right flank, is among the Republicans getting a seat on the subcommittee. It's the latest high-profile boost for Green, who was stripped of her, uh, of her subcommittee assignments by Democrats and about a dozen Republicans due to her incendiary rhetoric. Republican leadership pledged to reinstate her to committees if they won the majority. McCarthy has handed her other plum positions, including a seat on the Oversight Committee and Homeland Security Committee. Rep James Comer, Comer, how you pronounce it, who is leading the Oversight Committee, which will house a select subcommittee has also pledged to conduct investigations into the coronavirus and pandemic era aid dispersed as part of several coronavirus relief bills that totaled trillions of dollars. Other Republicans on the on the committee will include reps Nicole Maliatakis, Marionette Miller Meeks, Debbie Lasco, Michael Cloud, John Joyce, Ronnie Jackson, and Rich McCormick. Democrats still need to name their own members to the subcommittee. So we will see a lot going on. GOP investigations of Biden to test Chairman Comer's power. Comer, Comer, whatever. Our sick family. Why Hunter Biden lied about paying $50,000 per month rent. That's what they're saying now. We saw the document. Hunter Biden claimed to be paying $49,910 in rent. And they say it was a lie. The Washington Free Beacon says they inventedly verified it was a lie. I'll take it. That's fine. We have a document where Hunter Biden claimed he was paying his dad 50 grand. Why would he do it? Because he's lying to get access. That's really it. Lying to get access so that he can get an apartment or otherwise. But I think it shows exactly why the Bidens need to be investigated. Because if he's going to come out and lie on an application form, nep fraud, to go and be like, give me something of value in exchange, I will lie to you to trick you into doing it. Is it fraud? How many people actually lie on their rental application forms? Now, it's one thing if you make a mistake. I swear to the best of my knowledge, what I've stated is true. You're not going to go to jail because you made a mistake on on your tax form. It's different. Hunter Biden did not accidentally claim he was paying 50K in rent. He overtly did it and he lied. Okay, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he really was paying his dad 50K per month. How about we find out? We can find out for sure exactly what was going on. We have this from Politico. DOJ reserves right to not cooperate with certain House GOP requests. Surprise, surprise, ladies and gentlemen. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? When the Democrats are in power, what do we get? Crackpot Russia conspiracy theories. They blame everybody else. Lockdowns. Oh, man. And we can talk about. Other things Adam Schiff was involved in. I mean, it wasn't just Russia. Let me, let me, let me jump back to uh, that, that clip from, from Kevin McCarthy where he's talking about Adam Schiff. And we'll play this back.
1: Other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop... He used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false. Instead, it was the Russians.
0: And there it is. It wasn't just the Russia collusion narrative. It was the Hunter Biden laptop. And Schiff lies. And the journalists come out and protect him saying they claim it's all Russian disinformation. Then it uh, turns out it wasn't. The laptop is real. The emails are real. The shady dealings are real. It's about time we actually have these things get investigated because I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of the lying, the cheating and the stealing. I'm sick of the DOJ targeting only one political faction and now saying, well, maybe we won't even cooperate with the Republicans. We got a sickness in this country. We've got corruption in this country. And Adam Schiff's a part of it. And unfortunately, large components of the DOJ are as well. Something must get done. Now I'll address the last thing. The Kevin McCarthy thing, I was happy to see Matt Gates challenge this guy, establishment player. I think one of the only reasons we're actually seeing Kevin McCarthy do the right thing to the extent that he is, because he doesn't always still, is because of the pressure placed on him by members of the Freedom Caucus, Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert. Now, I certainly think it was an inevitability for the most part. I couldn't imagine someone else actually winning, maybe Jim Jordan. I doubt it but they were able to negotiate. They were able to say to Kevin McCarthy, you must respect our position. And it seems like now he is at least a little bit. So I'll take it. I don't know if there was a better outcome. Mike Cernovich says it's time for everyone to apologize. Well, I am surprised to see him bringing the heat to this degree. So, okay, I'll take it. The fear was an establishment player like McCarthy would just go the speed limit, And we'll see. Cernovich wants an apology. I think it's a fair point for now, but I think we need more time. Are we going to get cosmetic? Are we going to get beauty policy, fashion policy to make us think he's actually doing things, but then he won't actually do them? Are we going to get a real investigation? These things are good starts. They're good starts. But kicking someone off a committee. Doesn't do a whole lot. Let's see some more. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast news. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all there. For everybody who's talked to a family member about vaccination, about any of their concerns with their medical health or COVID, this one's for you. Joe Scarborough of MSNBC's Morning Joe talked about how he got COVID and he was knocked down for weeks. Micah Brzezinski, his co-host said, actually, it was three months you got COVID and you were knocked out for three months. Wow. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, to be honest, I don't know anybody who's experienced that. Uh, that's just me. I know people who've gotten COVID and it's lasted a, a, a few days. And I know some people who said they were kind of sick for like two weeks. Like it went away and came back. That's crazy. But three months. Wow. Where's what happens. Joe Scarborough goes off on his show, says that he should have gotten another booster. I think this would have been his fourth booster. And then after getting mocked and ridiculed for being triple vaxxed, but still getting knocked out for three months, Joe goes on his show again and calls everybody morons, then completely misrepresents the purpose of a flu shot and is just outright wrong. And this is the the, the danger of how censorship and bias works on the internet. Joe Scarborough is not a doctor. He cannot give you medical advice. He has no idea what he's talking about. I pulled up Harvard to explain to you the difference between the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine. What we have here is tribal zealotry. Joe Scarborough needs to to make up a reason to justify why he has gotten multiple vaccinations but is still getting sick and still wants to go get more vaccinations. Now, look, I ain't no doctor. I'm not here to tell you what you should do with your health. You know me. I don't do that. I'm here to tell you that these people are frantically coming out and being like, no, hey, hey, but well, when even trusted medical professional Bill Gates says that these vaccines aren't, aren't exactly what we need. They're not effective. That's Bill Gates saying that. He's saying, Not that uh, they don't do what they're now claiming vaccines do. He's saying they need to do better. That's what I should say. I'm not trying to make an argument about vaccine efficacy or anything like that. But what I can say is, boy, the narrative sure did change a whole lot as to what we were supposed to get out of these vaccines. They went on TV and they said over and over again, Rachel Maddow said it. Joe Biden said it. It stops with you if you get vaccinated. Now we know. We have this from the conversation as of today. Even bivalent updated COVID-19 boosters struggle to prevent Omicron subvariant transmission. An immunologist discusses why new approaches are necessary. My only advice to you is, if you're sick, if you are ill, find a medical professional that you trust, ask him about these questions, and seek sound medical advice. I'm not here to talk to you about, uh, you know, I'm here to talk to you about the politics and the zealotry and the tribalism. I'm not a scientist. All right. Here's my point. So we have Bill Gates coming out now. Quote, we think you can have a thing you can inhale that will mean you can't be infected. He says the current vaccines are not infection blocking. They're not broad and they have very short duration. So here's what I want to do. I want to share this with you. And the reason is for those of you who have family members who won't listen, this is not a video in which I tell them they should or should not do anything. This is a video in which I say, here's some of the leading expert opinion and newsguard certified information pertaining to these things. Please take these under advisement or t- take this into consideration when you go and talk to a medical professional. Don't be like Joe Scarborough. Check this out. Let me play this video for you guys so uh, you can hear. Let me see. It's. You know, it's interesting. I, I, let me let me fix the audio for you. I always do this every morning. Booster. Mm mm-hmm. um, Which one?
3: The fourth.
2: B- the fourth. Yeah. Because you know we went to London, then got COVID. COVID. Yeah. Got completely knocked down for a while.
3: Yes, you did.
2: Uh, yeah. Months. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't say months. You were knocked down for months. Months. Yes. I would say months. No, it was
0: a long time. <laughs> so anyway, weeks. Let's take t- just no, weeks. I think it was weeks. I, I I was. Now this is this. I have a question here. Why is morning Joe? No, 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 no. It was, it was weeks. Come on. It was, it was, it was, weeks. And Micah's like, no, it was three months. Why the weird disparity? Is it like Joe doesn't want people to know that he was sick for three months despite getting triple vaccinated is I'm genuinely wondering, is that his, 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 you know, mindset? Cause Micah's just like, it was three months. Is Micah exaggerating to insult the masculinity of Joe Scarborough, I really doubt it. I think probably just got sick. For a long it time, it took three months. I say it's
2: very interesting, though, uh, because the, the, we're we're learning a lot more about what what your your resistance to COVID may be. Yeah. I, what was that back in September? Uh, just got got uh, my checkup, and uh, the antibodies are like at a hundred percent right now. Interesting. So for for it, it kind of works out. But again, we found out we found out the boosters, the vaccines, they don't stop the disease, but they certainly do make a big impact. Instead of me being down for a month with fatigue, if I'd taken
0: the booster, I would have probably sneezed and said, what was that? And kept going. Now it's a month. He said, weeks, weeks. Now it's a month. Then she said three months. Now here's the question everybody raised. And again, I'm not answering that question. I'm presenting it. They said, if you were triple boosted, how did you still get knocked down? If your argument is that the vaccine would have prevented this and you would have had the sniffles, how is it that you still got knocked out, but you have three? Is it is for the magic number? It could be that he's saying it was a while ago since he got the vaccine. And he actually, he does say something to that effect. Let me play more of the video. That's right exactly. the difference.
2: And I, so I love when people go, oh, I'm not going to cause the difference. So you still get COVID. If I you know. get the, no, that's That's, that's not, the not the purpose of it. That's never
0: been the purpose of the flu shot. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Never been the purpose of the flu shot. I can't speak to the purpose of the flu shot, but we were told by Biden, by Rachel Maddow, and many other leftist prominent personalities that the purpose of the vaccine was to stop the transmission of the virus. That's a fact.
2: So it builds up your resistance, just like actually getting COVID builds up your resistance. So So do yourself a favor, right? And get off the websites that Chinese religious cults are putting as a front so they can get a stronghold in America and hell, what is he talking in your mind about? and and get yourself a
0: booster shot. It's a- you see, this is the problem I have with this. You know, don't go and read the the Chinese cult websites. Go take a medication, bro. Go talk to a doctor. YouTube ban MSNBC. They're giving medical advice. They're not doctors. I so so stupid. Before we go to uh, we have Joe Scarborough's response. He got so mad. Because people started asking questions about the logical inconsistencies in whatever it was he was saying. Before we get to that, I want to show you this clip of Bill Gates. OK, this is from Bill Gates. Yes, just, just 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 the other day. Let me play it for you.
4: Anyway, so antibodies, antivirals. We think we can also have very early in an ep- in the epidemic, a thing you can inhale uh, that will mean that you can't be infected, a, a blocker, an inhaled blocker. We also need to fix the three problems with vaccines. The current vaccines are not infection blocking. Uh, they're not broad. So when new variants come up, you lose protection. And they have very short duration,
0: uh, particularly in the people who matter, which are old people. And I completely agree with Bill Gates. Look at that. They're not infection blocking. They're not broad. They have a short duration. He says, "Let me. I want to make sure you, you hear this. And again, this is for all the people who have family members who don't want to pay attention, who don't want to listen. Please listen to what Bill Gates is saying. Uh, a blocker.
4: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An inhaled blocker. We also need to fix the three problems with vaccines. The current vaccines are not infection blocking. Uh, they're not
0: broad, so when new variants come up, you lose protection. When new variants come up, you lose protection. That's what he said.
4: And they have very short duration.
0: Uh, particularly in the people who matter, which are old people. And- All right. Now I want to bring it to Joe Scarborough's response. After getting mocked and ridiculed because there was seemingly logical inconsistency, uh, medical advice, which he shouldn't be giving, and apparently a lack of understanding of how vaccines work, Morning, this is Buck Sexton. He says, "Morning, Joe is having a hissy fit over half the internet laughing its ass off at him yesterday for wishing he got his fourth COVID shot because he just got COVID. Let's play the clip.
2: Um, you know, yesterday when I was talking about uh, uh, getting COVID and I and, and should have gotten a fourth booster shot, a yeah. lot of these freaks go, oh, fourth booster shot, robot. No, listen, here's the deal, moron. <laughs> moron. If you get a flu shot, what do you do? Do you go to the doctor? Go, oh, my God, you want me to have a 50th flu shot? No, you get a flu shot every year. Right. And as we're finding out with this pandemic, well, it lasts six months, maybe a year. So, yes.
0: I like how Michael Brzezinski like, right?
2: Yes. Put on your big boy pants.
0: Put on your big girl pants. And it- hope, oh, got to be politically correct for your MSNBC audience.
2: If you want to be healthy, I don't care if you don't. That's your business. Smoke cigarettes, do whatever you want to do. Stay up all night. Don't sleep. That's fine. Be unhealthy. Your choice. My concern here, though, and let me bring in Reverend Sharpen because we've talked about this. My concern, Rev, is that there's a disinformation out there where people are saying, oh, well, it doesn't work because you've got to keep getting booster shots. The thing is, you're always trying to build up your immunity and people are still dying from COVID. Is it a crisis right now? Well, for the people who are dying of COVID, yeah. It's a crisis. Is it as bad as it's been? No. But as a doctor explained to me when I didn't want to get flu shots, you're not just doing it for yourself, Joe. You're doing it for everybody. Will this stop you from getting the flu? No, but it'll make the flu that you get a little
0: less intense. So what do you mean you're doing it for everybody? That was the narrative they came out with early on. They say, get this for other people. It's not about you. It's for other people. It's so that you will stop transmission. But if it doesn't stop transmission, like Bill Gates just said- and like i showed you with the conversation.com what do you mean for other people you get it for yourself that's quite literally the point isn't it same thing with covid boosters will it stop you from getting
2: covid no but it will make covid less intense something i said yesterday but this misinformation keeps getting spewed out from you man from you the misinformation's coming from you there and unfortunately the weakest and perhaps the least educated are the ones that fall prey to these stupid lies. And I call them stupid lies. And I don't call things a lot of things like just out and out stupid unless they're objectively stupid. And you look at all of the science. You look at all of the medicine. It's straightforward. And it's a, it, it, it's we've had how many people have died from COVID?
3: I've lost track. Yeah. I will have to look I'm at, but,
0: look at but they'll even
3: lie
2: slow. to you about that, saying, oh, it was actually, they broke their ankle and died it's from a broken up. ankle. Yeah,
0: okay, okay, Joe. That's called a straw man misrepresentation. So let me, let me put it this way. Joe Scarborough goes on his show, spews misinformation, complains about you spewing misinformation. I'm not here to talk about any documentaries or any conspiracy. I'm here to just point out, this dude is not correct, okay? I decided to look it up. When he says, you need the flu shot every year, you got to get the flu shot. Oh, okay. So why do you get the flu shot? Why do we need new flu shots every year? Ask the doctor. Many scientists are working on developing just such a universal vaccine for the flu. Why do we need a new one every year? This is from Harvard, by the way. The flu virus, like every virus, contains a set of genes that are wrapped in a coat of protein. Vaccines typically stimulate the production of antibodies that attach to outer structures on the protein coat, disabling the virus. Indeed, That's how the influenza vaccine works. Unfortunately, the outer structures are constantly changing. So a new vaccine is needed each year to target those structures of the flu viruses that are currently circulating. In recent years, scientists have found inner structures of the the flu virus protein coat that are the same as all in all strains. And maybe they'll make a universal vaccine. It is this simple. The reason why they say flu vaccine every year and they've talked about it ad nauseum is because of different strains. Now, of course, we have different strains of COVID. The issue is the advocacy for COVID booster shots does not come at an interval with updated vaccines. I am not telling you what to do. I am not telling you what what the vaccines do. I am telling you procedurally, when they say, did you get your booster? They are not saying, did you get the updated, newly released COVID vaccine? They are saying, did you get another of the same? So when Joe Scarborough comes out and says, like the flu shot, you got to get it every year. You you get it every year because they update it. The COVID vaccine does get updated. Say right here, bivalent updated COVID-19 boosters. But the general call for boosters for the the duration of the pandemic was just to re-up your immunity for the same strain. They didn't, look, the issue with the mRNA vaccines They they stimulate the production of spike proteins so that your body will make antibodies to target and destroy them. That's 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 what they say. Okay, talk to a doctor about what makes sense for you and and get the science from them. If you don't, if you're not sure, I'm not a doctor. Okay, I say it all the time. But the difference is when they give you a flu vaccine, these are what is it? Attenuated virus. I'm not a vaccinologist. I'm not a doctor. I have a layman's understanding. And my point is this. I Google searched it and I said, hey, these two circumstances are different. Here's the real issue. Joe Scarborough is embarrassed and he's giving you dangerous medical advice. You should not listen to people on the TV or the internet. You should talk to a doctor. And then I get people on here and they say, Tim, but my my doctor's dumb. And you know my response to that is, don't go to a dumb doctor. No, for real, guys, look. It really, really does come down to something simple. I have uh, a doctor. I have medical professionals. They're very, very smart. They watch Joe Rogan. So, of course, they know everything. I'm kidding, by the way. Clip that one, Media Matters. But they, they, they do have a general uh, understanding of, of current medicine. And I ask them about this and they go, ah, yeah. So we recently were talking, like, they know they're good doctors. Maybe it's because they're expensive. You know, it's like it costs, it costs money, private practice. Perhaps, perhaps it's the case. And perhaps not everybody is going to have the ability to go to a good doctor. That's a challenge. Not everybody's going to have the ability to get a good plumber. Not everybody's going to have a good landlord. You might live in a slum. But the best thing I can say is there are medical professionals who are not as daft as Joe Scarborough to come out and just be like, I was sick for three months. Should have went and did this, that, or otherwise. It's like, my guy, you're not a doctor. You don't know what you're talking about, okay? And what, what it sounds like to me with Joe Scarborough is the reason he's coming out and saying these things is because he's desperate for a justification. That's it. It's like, dude, okay, you got COVID after getting three shots. You were sick for months. You then go on TV and spread misinformation to try and justify it. I'm not going to speak to why it happened, how it happened, what the vaccine is supposed to do. I'm just going to say, don't come out and say things that are not true about the flu vaccine and tell people what to do medically because you're embarrassed you got sick. That's what it is. So anyway, look, go back to the main point. The reason why I wanted to do this Because I was recently, you know, it's been it's just the holidays this past month, you know, about a month ago, and I'm hearing from all these people. that are like, I'm trying to talk to my family about options for you know dealing with COVID and things like that. And I'm not talking about anti-vaxxer stuff. I'm not. I'm I'm just saying people are like, my I have family members who don't listen. They turn on MSNBC, which by the way is a fake news website. They turn on MSNBC and they just believe whatever they say. And then here's what really grinds my gears. And here's why I want to do this this segment. If I come out. And say conservatives advocate X. YouTube bans me. If I come out and say liberals advocate X and both are medical misinformation, you only get banned for saying the thing that the people on the right are saying. That does not make sense. Joe Scarborough comes out and says nonsense. Because he's embarrassed. He even says, Oh, they're making fun of me on the internet, you morons. Are you mad that you're getting made fun of on the internet? Bro, you get made fun. Here's the thing. Joe Scarborough gets made fun of on the internet every single day. Why now is he all of a sudden like, hey, I'm going to come back on my show and and, and be angry. Dude, look, we're all trying to navigate all of this. But let's not forget what it was like over the past three years. The lockdowns that didn't work. The mandates that stripped people of their rights. And crackpot lunatics like Joe Scarborough, who is giving you medical misinformation. So here's my question to you. If you find yourself as someone who's a fan of Joe Scarborough watching this video and you're scoffing and saying, this Tim Pool guy, let me ask you this. What makes more sense? To listen to Joe Scarborough, who says, just go get vaccinated, or to listen to me when I say, Maybe. You should talk to a medical professional who can answer all of your questions. I'm on Twitter a few years ago. Celebrity guy tweets out, go get vaccinated. I immediately respond, no, go talk to your doctor. You know why? I want people to not be sick. I want people to be healthy and I don't like COVID. Maybe the vaccines are the answer. Maybe not. You, you may disagree. Maybe you agree, probably disagree. All I know is Find somebody who can give you sound medical advice, someone who can answer these questions, because you may be at risk for Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a big deal. It is. And considering they're doing four boosters and they're trying to give everybody the vaccine, I think that really matters. There are people who went to their doctor that I said, whoa, 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 you have history of Guillain-Barre? Uh-uh. Sorry. Some people, they say, look, you're fit, you're healthy, you're not at risk. Save the vaccine for people who need it. That was a big thing during the pandemic. Talk to a doctor. Don't just go to a 7-Eleven parking lot but you know what? That's what people were doing. And dude says to me, I didn't go to a doctor. I just pulled into a parking lot, and stuck my arm out and got the vaccine. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. That's, cr- that's insane to me. You got you to seek medical professional uh, uh, knowledge. It's a, a strange guy. He said he's going to inject me. It's like, did you go over any risk factors? Do, 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 they know, do, do they know your medical history? Like, what are you doing, man? I got a bunch of vaccines when I traveled to uh, uh, South America I went to a doctor and I said, we went through my charts. He asked me about allergies. We made sure there were no allergies. I mean, here's the problem. We got a lot of people talking about adverse events and adverse effects, the VAREs and things like that. Consider this. Okay. Consider that some of the adverse reactions are due to the fact that people are going to strangers without checking their medical history for allergies or, or potential side effects. And they're just getting this. And then here's what it ultimately comes down to. People respond to me and they say, when I respond to this guy and say, no, go to a doctor, the leftists on twitter started yelling at me and insulting me and mocking me and my response was just very simple i don't understand i am telling people to go to a doctor why are you mad at me and they said because the doctor will say the same thing get vaccinated and you're telling people to talk to a doctor instead of getting vaccinated and i'm like right cuz i'm not a doctor you 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 want to make sure you got someone who's like work making sure you're healthy and safe and knows your history how is that controversial That's the thing. I'm not the guy to come out and tell you one way or another. I'm the guy who's going to come out and be like, I'm not taking liability for your health. I don't know. I'll tell you exercise is probably good for you. Cutting out the sugars is probably good for you. But then I say, talk to a nutritionist. You know, it worked for me. Milk toast fence sitter guy over here, right? To put it this simply, here's my point. Anyone who comes to you and says, just get vaccinated without warning you. That you should talk to a doctor to make sure you don't get sick or there's no, there's no adverse events and probably they won't be. That's a cult. That's Joe Scarborough. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Dave Chappelle is speaking out against the backlash to some of his jokes on his podcast, The Midnight Miracle. He's calling out trans activists who claim that his jokes are violence, but then go out and literally get violent. Now, for a lot of these people, it's not a one to one correlation. A lot of people complaining on the Internet, saying things like your words are violence are not then going out and smashing windows. But the inverse is not the same. The people who are going out and smashing windows are typically the people who are saying your words are violence. And we have the story here from the post millennial. Four of six Antifa Atlanta riot suspects denied bond. Riot suspects? Aren't these guys being charged with domestic terrorism? Okay, oh, hold on there. Post-millennial, you know, I've been saying Libby. I gotta, I gotta call Libby. Uh, now I'm not, I'm not here to continually rag on the post-millennials editorial decision making. But uh, they do keep saying riot suspects. I think it's fair to say terror suspects. They are quite literally charged with terror. But let's go into this. And I'll show you an example. We have Billboard Chris. He's the guy who wears a sandwich board that says children can't consent to puberty blockers. And he was mercilessly attacked by these extremist trans rights activists. Now, of course, 18 plus. I'm not saying all trans people, media matters. Calm, calm down. And before you write your article up, I'm saying specifically that people who are violent are in the wrong. Now, while I can certainly understand why someone would take issue with jokes, they find distasteful. I get it. There are a lot of jokes from a hundred years ago. We don't say anymore. Totally understand. And you're offended now. Fine. There's no excuse to go out and attack people, especially when it's hypocritical, especially when they say jokes are violence, but then they physically attack you Phys- like they did billboard Chris. Look, this is a guy. He's swinging a street cone. Now, don't come to me and say, oh, it's just a street cone. I don't care. They left him bleeding. They mercilessly beat Andy. No. OK, here's a story from the Daily Mail. Dave Chappelle slams hypocrite trans protesters who claim his jokes caused them violence and then turn up to his shows and attack people. Dave Chappelle confronted recent backlash on his podcast as he slammed trans protesters who claimed his transphobic jokes caused violence against them, but then turned up to his show and became violent. It's funny how that works, isn't it? The comedian's show in Minneapolis last summer was forced to change venues because of the backlash from the community. And while Chappelle was met with a line of fans and a standing ovation at the Varsity Theater, He was also met with violent protesters in the latest episode of his podcast, the Midnight Miracle podcast with co-host Talib Kweli and Yasin Bey. Chappelle and the protesters threw eggs at him, yelled for him to go home and even threw a barricade at the crowd. Holy crap, man. Talib Talib Kweli, man. It's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I'm not so super familiar with his politics, but I think I think I could be wrong. So Talib, forgive me if I'm getting your politics wrong. I think he was very anti-establishment today. I think he more aligns with left wokest kind of policies, but I could be wrong. I'm not here to to, to drag anybody. This is about the people who are violent. They were in the wrong. He pointed out the hypocrisy of protesters who have blamed transphobes and those speaking out against uh, against trans for recent violence against the trans community, you know, now causing violence themselves. Chappelle drew a backlash in 2021 for material in his Netflix comedy special, The Closer, that some in the LGBTQ community said ridiculed transgender people. His supporters viewed it as a cry against cancel culture. Dave Chappelle, the greatest of all time, they say. I want to give a shout out. Deep respect. I know we probably disagree on certain things. Of course, that's totally cool. Tremendous respect for Dave Chappelle for doing one thing that I think needs to be mentioned. He did a bit in his, I think it was Sticks and Stones where he mocked Asian people, mercilessly doing the stereotypical Chinese man joke from back in the day that we've long gotten rid of because it is offensive and racist. And I have tremendous respect for Dave Chappelle doing that joke as an Asian man, part Asian myself. Shout out to the college humor gag about, you know, if you're Asian enough to actually use certain words or whatever. But uh, as someone who has very deeply Asian family, seeing that joke made me laugh. I enjoyed it. Okay. I guess the issue is we're not Chinese, we're Korean and Japanese, mostly culturally Korean, but we found out through DNA tests, we're actually part Japanese. I wonder how that happened if you know history. Anyway, Dave Chappelle made a joke about Asian people. I know I'm not like a little old Asian man working and facing that kind of discrimination, but what I respect is He's willing to go after everybody. His comedy special was not just targeting one group of people, but it was one group of people that got violent. You didn't see a bunch of Asian people come out and start attacking Dave Chappelle and threatening him with violence because he mocked Asian people. In fact, I actually enjoyed it. It was shocking. And I was laughing being like, I can't believe he would do that. Wow. I know Dave Chappelle doesn't hate Asian people. I know he doesn't hate me for being part Asian. I don't think Dave Chappelle hates people for the most part based on race. I say for the most part because I don't know the guy. But my assumption of him is, hey, man, we're here to make jokes, to mock stereotypes and people. But just know it's not violence against you. It's because we're all in the same space. We're all equal. I make fun of you. You make fun of me. People make fun of me on the internet all day, every day. And the only thing you can do is, hey, look, man, you want to be in the limelight. You want to be famous. People are going to make fun of you. The one thing they shouldn't be doing is getting violent at you because you made jokes. Now, what's up with that? Question. Where are the hordes of angry Asian protesters or Koreans on rooftops threatening Dave Chappelle for mocking Asians? You see the issue here. It is specifically trans activists. Okay. And I'm not saying trans people. I'm saying these specific people who are violent are trans activists, not not pro-Asia activists. There's something about that ideology. Transphobia is not a joke. Look, ma'am, I'm sorry, I'm assuming your gender. Uh, Individual person, if you would like to stand outside of a Dave Chappelle uh, venue, holding a sign saying transphobia is not a joke, with a rainbow uh, uh, bag, you have my respect. Thank you for letting people know how you feel. I think it's very important. I think it is very, very important that if people are taking issue with certain elements in our culture, someone come out and say, "Hey, you know what, man? Like I'm I'm not a fan of this." And I'll say, "Okay. I w- I will keep you and your feelings in mind because I am trying to be a good person. Thank you for expressing this to me." I may continue to watch Dave Chappelle and appreciate his jokes, but you know what, when you're nice to me and you say things like imagine this. Imagine you go to a- you go to a Dave Chappelle show and outside is a trans person saying Hey, everybody, I, I know you, you all really like Dave Chappelle. I'm also a big fan. I was kind of, uh, I think the jokes he's done about trans people are outdated. I would uh, hopefully in the future see him move past these jokes. There are jokes going back to the early 1900s that we don't do anymore. Jokes about stereotypes based on race. I hope that one day we, we view jokes about gender identity in the same way. I'd be like, I feel kind of bad because I, I get that. You know, I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to be happy. I want you to live, live a good life. I would respect that positioning. I would respect it if someone says, please, laugh today, enjoy the show, and then consider uh, we feel hurt by this. And that's not to say that you're a bad person for enjoying it. It's just to think about it in the future and to consider if you're interested in our feelings, and you don't have to be, just so you know. I'd be like, I really respect that. I really appreciate it. Thank you for telling me this. I, I, I will consider that. I do understand. I totally understand. We used to do a bunch of comedy we don't do anymore. That's not what they're doing. And I beg them to please do that. It's effective. No, what they're doing is they're showing up and they're mercilessly beating a guy wearing a sandwich board. Now, to be fair to this lady with the transphobia is not a joke, I don't see her doing anything in this photo. I'm not going to rag on her. I respect protest. This country, you have a right to protest. We need the discourse. And if someone did come up and, and, and passionately and, and politely say, Please enjoy Dave Chappelle. He's the greatest comedian of all time. Just taking to consider this one thing is all I ask. Then I would expect someone else to be like, with all due respect, I really do appreciate you saying that. My view is that the jokes being made here, and and I'll say this literally, my response to that polite request is, I don't want you to feel bad. I'm sorry you do. But I personally view these jokes as humanizing and normalizing, making us consider that you exist. And that these things are how people feel or they're meant to be over the top. But it brings you into the conversation. I think mockery and humor is important. I think people should be mocked a little bit. Nobody is above that. But I, I, I want to be nice to people. The problem I have is they were attacking people. They were throwing barricades. They were throwing eggs. This is wrong. Dave Chappelle's got it right. Chappelle's show at Minneapolis First Avenue Club in July was canceled. With the venue apologizing to the community for booking him and vowing to keep the club a safe space. Nah, homie, don't play that. We're opening a coffee shop, venue, club, place, game shop, skate shop, big building. And I'm going to put Molan Labe in the window. Come and take it. Second Amendment rights. I'm going to put a Gadsden flag. You do not come and dictate what we do. And you know, it's funny I said that. And then I have people saying, yeah, well, that, that you expect a brick through your window. And I'm like, and? Am I supposed to cower in fear because violent psychopaths want to physically attack me? It ain't gonna happen. Here's what we'll do. We'll have armed security guards. We're in West Virginia, baby. Don't come throwing bricks at us. Don't endanger our lives. Another idea I had was, what if I replace the windows with bricks? I mean, that sounds pretty funny. What if they walk up to the windows ready to throw a brick and they're like, it's a brick wall. Ain't nothing to throw a brick through. That could work too. We'll make a brick door. That'd actually be funny. The door is very heavy. And like you try to open it, you're pulling it. It's made of bricks. I think that would be pretty funny. And then maybe what are they going to do? Graffiti the building or whatever. I don't know. Fine, whatever. We'll get security. We'll get bulletproof glass. I accept these terms. I think they're wrong. I think it's a, it should be stopped by the police. I think these people are evil. But I tell you this. I know that when we launch this venue... When we create this space, far-left psychopaths will try to threaten violence against us. I know that's the reality. I'm not going to hide and cower. If you want to support us and uh, our bulletproof windows, become a member at TimCast.com. Click in that Join Us button. I, do what we I, I, I want to do what I can. You know, I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want to make things better. I want to call out the lunatics. I'm going to host a comedy show. We, did, we also did a comedy show with Ryan Long. Very offensive humor. Everybody was laughing and whoa at some of the jokes. And you know, Ryan Long doesn't actually hate you when he makes these jokes. It's just meant to be a show to shock, to make you laugh, to make you a little angry, perhaps. It's, it's to elicit a reaction. You're alive. These people are lunatics. Quote, I guess apparently they had made a pledge to the public at large that they would make their club a safe space for all people and that they would ban anything they deemed transphobic, Chappelle said. This is a wild stance for an artistic venue to take, especially one that's historically a punk rock venue. Yet when his show was rescheduled for the Varsity Theater, large groups of protesters swarmed to the outside of the venue and became violent. Quote, these were grown people of various genders and gender identities. They threw eggs. They threw eggs at the fans who were lined up to see the show. He's in the podcast. One lady was so mad with the protesters, she picked up a police barricade, Chappelle added. You ever seen one? They look like a bike rack. This bee picked the barricade up by herself and threw it at the crowd. I got to tell you, it's an amazing feat of strength for a woman. One lady was so mad with the protesters, she threw, she threw the barricade at the p- protesters. But Chappelle said the protesters did not succeed in getting his show canceled. Instead, when he walked on stage, he was greeted with a standing ovation. Dave, you're the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. That's what they say. I like, I like George Carlin a lot. I do. But, uh, so I, I, Dave Chappelle's a living legend and everybody knows it. I think Dave's a good dude. I don't think he's an overtly political dude and that's fine. You know, so that means we're probably disagreeing a lot of things. I think he takes a a, a view of racial justice protests in a a way I disagree with, but I'm not here to tell people they have to live the way I live. I'm not here to tell people they have to think the way I think I'm here to tell you why I think the way I do. I'm here to show you facts or details or things that I think will help you and your understanding. And if at the end, Dave Chappelle comes to me and says, nah, man, you're wrong. You totally don't get this. I'll say like, bro, I respect it. I do. I think you're wrong too. You know, that's great. I've talked about it too with like, uh, with Marvel movies, Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is absolutely fantastic in in, in his acting roles. I thought Knives Out was fantastic. That was the Ryan Johnson movie. A little bit of wokeness in there, but it, it, it worked really well where like, It seemed like Ryan Johnson actually understood arguments from MAGA and from wokeness. And I thought it was interesting that they were both painted as like, you know, not really good people or whatever. Chris Evans played the Ransom character and he was the smarmy rich kid. I liked it. Thought it was good. I think he's good as Captain America. And uh, I just saw him in another movie. I can't remember what I saw him in, but I I think he's great. I think his politics are garbage. I think he's really annoying on Twitter. But you know what, man? I'm trying here. I'm trying here. Mark Ruffalo is extremely insufferable. But you know what, man? When I watched him in Thor Ragnarok, I thought he was fantastic. I'm commenting specifically on his ability. If a dude is woke as they come, but the man can, you know, uh, shoot a three-pointer from like hit a half court shot over his head, I'd be like, he was very good at doing that. If like he never misses a free throw, I'd be like, guy's clearly good at free throws. His politics are are trash. But man, you know, if I want to watch a basketball game, I'll watch this guy. That's the thing about Dave, about Dave Chappelle or anybody else. Dave Chappelle is extremely funny. We were watching an old a Chappelle show skit. I mean, it was incredible stuff. One of the funniest guys ever and everybody knows it. And if he had politics I didn't agree with, I'd be like, look, man, you're the funniest guy. Yeah, I, it's unfortunate. We disagree politically, but respect to the talent, skill and ability of this man. He says, when I walked on stage, it was a huge ovation because suddenly going to see a comedy show was this huge act of defiance. I don't think anyone had any malicious intent. In fact, one of the things that these people, the trans and their surrogates, always say is that my jokes are somehow going to be the root cause of some impending violence that they feel is like is inevitable for my jokes. But I got to tell you, as abrasive as they were, the way they were protesting, throwing exit people, throwing barricades, cussing and screaming, none of my fans beat them up. In fact, the people in the crowd would say, we love you. Like, what are you talking about? That's right. Look at that. F Chappelle. It's because it's a cult. It's a cult, man. That's what it is. A still image of a man swinging a street cone at Billboard Chris because he said he was going to Berkeley today. It's a cult. Violent, insane, and evil people. Dave, I hope you one day truly understand. Maybe he does now. Maybe not. My point is this. I'll tell you a story. This is for, for Dave Chappelle. He will never hear this because, you know, I don't expect him to watch my show. But I hope, I hope he hears this story. Daryl Davis, I am, I'm such a huge fan of. An old bl- uh, blues musician from Chicago, an old black man, who one day said to himself, how could someone hate me if they never met me? And he decided to go to a Klan rally or a meeting of sorts.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid
0: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And it's kind of a surprising thing to think that an old black man's going to go intentionally walk into a crowd of literal white supremacists in robes and all that jazz. And, uh, he walked up, he talked to him over a period of time. Many of these men abandoned the Klan and took off their robes. I love the story of when he, uh, he talks about how this one guy was a big rock and roll fan and, rock, oh, and, and you know, was a big fan of this, uh, rock and roll. I can't remember the exact details, but there was a hot rod or something. And then Daryl Davis was like, you know, I know those guys. I can get you in that car. You can sit down. And the guy was like, No. No way. And he's like, and he's talking to a, a Klan guy, a Klan member who was like a high ranking dude. And he's like, that famous car you dreamed about, you got pictures of, come hang out with me. I will sit you down in that car. And the dude's nearly brought to tears and he's hugging this black man who is, he's, he's, he's long believed were bad. And now of a he has a revelation. That racism stuff ain't true. People are different. I love the thing Daryl Davis talks about. He said he was riding in a car with a, with a Klan member. And the client member told him that black people were genetically predispositioned for violence. And then Daryl goes, well, white people are predispositioned, have a, have a genetic, uh, have, have a gene that makes them serial killers. And the guy goes, that's not true. And he goes, name a black serial killer. And it's like, how <laughs> oh, about that? about that? It's not a legitimate argument. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thought argument like, can you? Of course, there's no gene that makes someone a serial killer. Or I mean, honestly, I don't know. Maybe there is. But it's not inherent to race. People can be violent from all different backgrounds. There's different demographics. We get it. We get it. The reason I tell you this story. So when Daryl Davis was speaking at an event that I, I, I set up with the guys from Minds and uh, Myth Informed, far left extremists showed up. They threatened to burn down the theater, got the, got, the sh- got the show canceled. We had to move venues just like you, Dave, and go to a, a smaller venue where we ended up losing some of the seats, unfortunately, cost us money. And when we went to our after party, the far left extremists were there threatening violence. So Daryl Davis said, I'm going to go talk to these people. It's what he does. And when he went outside to try and talk to him, they screamed at him, threatened him, called him a white supremacist and a Nazi, wouldn't let him speak at all, leaving him confused and dumbfounded. A man who was able to go and speak to Klan members at Klan rallies could not walk up to a handful of far leftists and ask them, What were they thinking and feeling and why were they mad? They did not care. He made a post about it on Facebook and he was like, I've never experienced this. I couldn't even talk. It was nuts. Here's this guy who walked into a Klan rally and said, hey, let's talk. And Klan members said, okay. But Antifa said, no. This, Dave, is what you're dealing with. A violent, psychotic cult. I'd call it a religion if they believed in some kind of afterlife or deity. They have their ideological views, but it's a cult. And I say it's a cult because you can't speak truth to them. They're not interested in facts. They are violent and they are violent to the ends of their ideology. They have proselytizers and priests, people who command and spread the ideas that you must follow. And that's it. Don't be an apostate. So to Dave, the greatest of all time. So they say. I don't know if Dave's the greatest comedian of all time, but I can't say I can mention anybody better, Richard Pryor maybe, Eddie Murphy, but George Carlin too. George Carlin was uh, absolutely hilarious. And the reason why I mentioned Pryor and Murphy is that George Carlin drops all these racial slurs in his show and then calls Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy the N-word, but explains it's because he doesn't actually think that. That it's meant to be shocking in the show to make a point about racial slurs. And everybody clapped and cheered, all these liberals, all these hippies. You know, what changed? What changed? Now, personally, I would never do the bit that George Carlin did. You know what I mean? I do think things can become outdated. But he was making a point not to insult people based on race, but to insult the slurs themselves and the ideas behind being offended because someone said a word that did nothing to you. There are challenges. I certainly agree that words have power and they have more power than anything else. The conveyance of ideas. And if you convey certain ideas, they can lead to violence. Like Critical race theory, I believe, can lead to violence. But ain't none of the classically liberal people are advocating for any of that stuff. So they're lying because they're the violent ones. They're weaponizing fear against you. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Everybody's making fun of Rick Ross because he said he's afraid Teslas will automatically drive him to the police. He's right, though. (laughs) He's completely right. We've talked about this on Timcast IRL. I don't know that literally a Tesla will lock its doors and then drive you to the cops, but the argument is that smart cars with automatic driving probably will, in the future, drive you to the police. So everybody's acting like you know, Rick Ross saying this, I love this, this picture of him. He's like got his hands up like, yo, you know, like I'm not about this. People are acting like it's a crazy thing to believe. No, it's completely legitimate. Like in the future with self-driving cars, they're saying that you're going to have, the, you're going to have your Uber or rideshare app, Lyft or whatever. And there's going to be no driver. You're going to say, I want a car. Car's going to pull up with no driver. The seats will both face each other seatbelts and there's no steering wheel or nothing. You'll sit down and the app will then direct the car to bring you where you need to go. Now, what happens if you get a warrant or or an APB is put out? They want to question you. Be on the lookout. What happens if you didn't even do anything wrong, but they want to bring you in? Now, normally you'd be like, call my lawyer, schedule a meeting. You get in the car and then it says it starts driving and then it says, hello, John, you were wanted for questioning at the 92nd precinct driving now. And then you're like, what? No, stop, stop. No, ain't going to happen. The car is going to bring you there. Now, that may be that's a scary scenario for you. But look, you never know why you might get a warrant. You never know. And it should be a process by which the police come to you, serve the warrant. You, you, you either get arrested because it's a warrant for your arrest or they want to bring you in for questioning. You call your lawyer. You get the opportunity to respond in the future. I guarantee this. You won't know you have a warrant. You'll get in the car and it'll be like, the car has no choice but to drive you out of the police. It'll happen. Here's a story from XXLMag.com. Rick Ross owns just about every car you can think of, but chances are slim that he, he will be pushing a new Tesla anytime soon. On Tuesday, Rosé shared his thoughts on the popular autonomous rides on his Instagram story. I won't say I'll never have a smart car, but I've never ridden in a Tesla, He explains. Never, never in my life. I've never ridden a Tesla. And the reason being is because I've always had in the back of my mind, the government could tap into the brain of the car. Okay, where's Rick? He's over there. Now nah, bring him in for questioning. Makes a car sound. And then he says like, where am I going? It's leaving Wingstop. You pull up to the building and the agent walk out. Hey, Rick. Yes. <laughs> yes, that will happen. I would say right now, tell me where I'm predicted to make that bet. And I will make that bet because that bet will pay off. What? You think it can't? So if you get that MFR, M- 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 that mf or lock the door and take you where it want to go, you think you finna going to smoke a blunt? That B will suck the <laughs> Yes. Dude, um, look, you want to smoke a blunt in the car. I think in the modern day and age, it's basically going recreational that if you smoke, you're not supposed to smoke while you drive. But if you're a passenger, look, man, we've rented uh, limos for special events. You, you guys probably have as well. You can drink in the back. That was crazy to me. They had champagne and beer. And I'm like, we can drink in a vehicle. And it's like, yeah, you're in the passenger compartment. You're not driving. You're not, you're allowed to do that. If you're, if you're not in the, I guess the issue with like a a regular old sedan is that the beer can be accessed by the driver can reach over and you're not supposed to be drinking. But in these designated vehicles, you can drink in the back. I'm willing to bet. Here's, here's the net benefit. When we go full self-driving car, we get all the cars people can drive. They're going to make it illegal. They're going to make permits. Basically, the way that National Firearms Act, the NFA, works, you want a car, they're going to say, okay, file with the federal government, get your stamps, go to the police department, or just use a robocar. I, I think that's where it'll go. And then what'll happen is every car is going to be fully self-driving. You will be able to drink and smoke in them, but this also means, you're, I mean, look, you go full robocar, no more drug dealing. I mean, think about it. If if we go full robocar, we outlaw driver, drive cars where you drive, how are you going to pull up and do the deal? The car's tracking everything you do. It knows where you're going, knows where he's going. You're going to have to get a bike if they even allow that either. That's a thing. It's going to, it's going to eliminate a lot of criminal activity. People don't understand this. Self-driving cars will definitely bring you to the police. They may even bring you to the hospital. That's a net positive. The cops thing is where it gets creepy. So I would say this, the net benefits for a fully autonomous self-driving car world the only way I see that as possible is if we get hard safeguards against law enforcement action. And the companies that operate these not only have a pledge, not only have bylaws, but there's legal precedent saying they cannot cooperate without, uh, they, they should not be able to cooperate in any way. What should probably happen is if you get a warrant, well, here, here, here's the issue. If a cop has a warrant, they can come arrest you, right? But should a third party, should an Uber driver right now Imagine this, you get an Uber and the driver presses the app and it says outstanding warrant for John Smith. Should that Uber driver drive you to the police station? What should he do? Or should he be like, none of my business? That's what it should be. There should be no connections whatsoever that they should not be allowed to file a warrant of a car company or a ride share and be like, if you ever encounter this person, send them our way. But they're gonna, they're gonna. And that psychotic behavior is going to result in so much good being thrown in the trash. Guys driving to the car. I watched this video where a car was going like 10 miles an hour and like swerving on the highway. It was like just idling and going real slow. Maybe it was going a little bit faster, like 20. And it was like weaving left and right. And the cops are blaring the lights. The car won't stop. They finally like do a pit maneuver or something. It's slow moving. So they just push the car off the road it stops. They open the door. And there's a guy going, and they're like, get out of the car now. And he's like, and they're like, "Ah!" and they grab the guy. They throw him down. Hands behind your back. And he's not moving. They start tasing him. Guy had a stroke. Guy had a stroke. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He had a stroke. He needed help. And the cops were like, he's drunk. So they dragged him out and they tased him. Stop resisting. Dude could not move. He was paralyzed, trying to talk, and he couldn't. Thought he was drunk. Imagine you're in a robo car and you have a stroke and the car goes, you know, uh, abnormal heart rate detected. A robo car is detecting stroke. Would you like to go to the hospital? And then it'll be like, if you do not confirm in five seconds, rerouting to hospital. Wouldn't that be a good thing? I certainly think so. And then what happens is the robo car then notifies the hospital incoming stroke. It's going to know all that stuff. I got to tell you, man. You know, there is a fear about government, creepo stuff, and you can't trust them. You can't. But also think about somebody who goes into diabetic shock, somebody who has a stroke, somebody who has a heart attack. They will be saved by this. You know, I was talking to people about murder rates going down. It was because of the Sweden thing. Murder rates went way way down around the world, but they rose in Sweden. And people said... Well, they they, they went, they still went down, I think, but they didn't go down as much and they stayed fairly, fairly even. That's what it was. Here's what people need to understand about the murder rate going down. Cell phones. It is the the, the cause of the murder rate declining is cell phones. 30 years ago, somebody got stabbed. They fell down and said, call for help. And someone would run and try and find a pay phone. Sorry, too late. Took you five minutes to get the phone, five minutes to get the, the cops and the ambulance out there. He's gone. Today's day and age, someone gets stabbed, they grab their phone right away and say, "I'm on the corner of this and this." Here, he's got stabbed. What do I do? Do this, put pressure on the wound. More people live. So, what I ended up seeing was aggravated assaults stayed fairly steady. In fact, I think they may have gone up in some areas because people are reporting them too. And murders went down. Now, why? Yo, it wasn't that people decided to murder less. It was that with cell phones calling emergency services, they were less likely to succeed. Thus, if the person doesn't die, there's no murder to report, just aggravated assault. With robo cars. Look, I have a bed. Luke, Luke uh, Rakowski told me to get it. It's the Sleep 8. And people are like, why aren't you wearing the whoop anymore? Because I got the bed. The bed tracks the same thing. It's cool. And on, When I'm sleeping on my bed, this mattress, it tracks my heart rate, heart rate variability, You know, a temperature and things like that, breath rate, crazy how it does it. And I wake up in the morning and it gives me health information. And it actually tells you if you're getting sick before you even know. The whoop is cool. It does that too, but I have a bed that does it, so I don't need to wear the whoop. Look, man, I like this technology. The problem is the abuse. The problem is Rick Ross is right. So we got to put in, you can take, someone has to opt in to emergency services. And that should be it. But I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Let me know what you think. Because the question is, I don't think police should be able to make the car drive to them. But I think that will happen. That's bad. But I do think the car should drive you to the hospital if you're incapacitated or, or dying. How cool would that be? Imagine you're driving your car right now. You have a stroke. You crash. You're done. You know, it's funny. Is uh, Dr. Strange. 2016, I think it was. Benedict Cumberbatch, is, he's a surgeon with the magic hands doing brain surgery. He's driving his car. Spins out of control, crashes. Hands get all busted up, and they didn't find him in time. If he was in a robo car, he never would have crashed. He never would have become. Oh, actually, that's probably a. That's probably. I guess for the Marvel universe, you needed Doctor Strange to save everybody with the. Anyway, I digress. Never would have happened to him. Maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know. It's a movie. You get my point, though. You wouldn't throw out of control. We saw this video where a Tesla stopped on a highway, caused a massive pileup. But if every car was a robo car. They would all communicate with each other. You'd never see accidents again. Nah, you never say never. You, you, you'd, you'd see some, but it would dramatically reduce them. Here are my problems with it. The spying, the control, and what they will do is eventually outlaw your right and ability to move freely. You won't be able to run your own car. They will make it damn near impossible. I guess we'll see, man. But shout out Rick Ross. He's got it right. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. We got this tweet from Ian Miles Chung showing a picture of a far leftist with like a trans gun rights patch on what appears to be, I don't think that's body armor. I think it's a tactical vest, but it might be body armor. We'll talk about it. I think it's a tactical vest for holding gear. And you got the rainbow. Uh, what does that say on the, I can't read it. Um, does it say Semper Fidelis? It's a rainbow with a rifle on it and they got trans patches. And Ian Milestrong Chong says, we need red flag laws so people like this can't own guns. And um, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure Ian Milestrong Chong is being sarc- sarcastic. Like he's making the joke that the left calls for red flag laws so that people can't have guns. And he's showing a leftist with guns saying the same thing. A lot of people commented. They were like, oh, here's a bad take. You know, the Constitution must be protected. But uh, I saw a lot of people ragging on this individual. And I'm going to defend them. I am going to defend this individual. I am. Uh, they probably have bad politics I disagree with. It is what it is. A lot of people do. Uh, you know, but we got we to defend gun rights. And so I say this. What do I see here? An individual expressing their God-given right to keep and bear arms in the name of self-defense. With well, that being said, I don't trust a lot of these far lefties, you know, Black Lives Matter activists, rioters, Antifa. They tend to be the aggressors. However, I do not see this person doing anything wrong. That's proper trigger discipline right there in that AK, finger forward, trans flag on the mag. I got no beef. In fact, hey, Antifa lady, BLM, trans rights, all that stuff. Thank you for keeping and bearing arms. And as part of a political faction of people, we kind of disagree with each other. Thank you for this one we do agree on. So look, again, I'm not, I'm not, ragging on Ian Miles Chunk. I think, uh, I think he's being sarcastic. But someone pointed out something, too, that I just want to mention. They were like, why wear the body armor if it only covers 3% of your body? And I'm like, look, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. I've been in conflict zones, civil conflict and unrest, civil unrest, civil war, but never like overt war, people shooting, you know, that kind of stuff. I've only been in the periphery of it. And I've, I thought that same thing when I first got body armor. I'm like, this thing doesn't cover anything. It like my stomach's exposed. Yo, it's to stop. It's your lungs and your heart, bro. Center mass is what you're protecting. They do have vests that have the fold-out that goes down and covers your crotch, too, and stuff like that. And then um, I've actually got that uh, FRAS, flexible rifle armor system. It's, a, it's a hexagonal ceramic plates so it can withstand multiple rifle rounds. That's cool stuff. Very expensive. But you know you need it in this day and age. Anyway, look, man. I ain't here to rag on anybody because they're keeping and bearing arms. Uh, I got no beef. This person's got proper trigger discipline. Yo, put whatever political stickers you want. Black Panthers come out with guns. Happy to see it. But let's talk about where things are going and why I will not be joining in ragging on a, a, a chunky woman with a weapon. Look, man, keep in bare arms. I'm not going to sit here and say that only the people who agree with me politically can keep in bare arms. That's kind of what Democrats are all about. They're like the government should be allowed to have guns, but not you. Not nah, sorry. The right to keep in bare arms shall not be infringed. Let's talk about where we're headed today, because I love where I I love this direction from the Daily Mail. Seattle woman, 23, who was left terrified by empty grocery store shelves during the pandemic reveals she fled to the city, fled the city to live on a self-sustaining farm and now stocks enough food to last her up to 30 years. Gubba, who lives in Washington, has filled her pantry with hordes of supplies. She decided to become self-sufficient after witnessing people fighting for food here here, dude. The content creator 23 has stored some items that will last up to 30 years. Eh, yeah, 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 big deal. Look, we got a bunch of 30-year beans too. But uh, she's doing jarring. She's doing candy. She got cans here. This is what I love to see, okay? I am not the guy who comes on YouTube and says, ha, 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 look at these stupid city people. Pfft, no way. I am all about you do good. You get rewarded. So here's what I want to say to this prepper chick from Seattle. Yo, know, Seattle's has left us as they come. Don't know, don't care. She realized what was going on, said, This is bad. I gotta be responsible for myself. She got out, got out of the city, on a sustainable farm, is doing the work with a big old smile on her face. White pill, positivity. You can do it too. This chunky lady with the gun and the body armor and the trigger discipline, yo, she went out and got armed. You should too. She's clearly got some understanding. Don't care for the politics don't like antifa I don't think she I don't, I don't know if she has anything antifa on her person or whatever it looks like just trans flags and all that stuff I mean she probably aligns with them. I'm not gonna agree with the ideology. I don't know what groups she's a part of or anything like that I'm just gonna say this outright. it is incumbent upon you to defend yourself and to prepare for yourself. So if I see two people doing that and nothing else ain't no complaints from me now of course this woman who' was working on the farm and uh, making content, I built, she said, I built a storage system to reply. I don't have her rely on the grocery stores to feed me. Look at this. She's sealing bags. She's going to vacuum seal it. It's incredible. I built a forge, a food storage uh, food storage because blah, 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 blah. It's very, very cool. I'm not saying, I don't think about this lady's politics or whatever. I think that's just fantastic that people are now taking it upon themselves. So when I see this clip, this this picture, and everyone's like, look at that chunky person. I'm like, well, you know, my advice to this person would be maybe lose some weight. It's not to be, to be mean. It's like, You'll, you'll feel better. You'll be healthier. You'll be better physically fit, better capable to defend yourself. But I like the bearing arms. I like the guns. I do. I think more people should have guns. I think an armed society is a polite society. I think freedom comes with risks. I'm willing to accept those risks. You know, we were at Turning Point's uh, stage event doing Timcast IRL. And I said, this venue doesn't allow guns. I'm not okay with that. And Charlie Kirk was like, don't look at us. It's the venue. Like, we we, we are fine with it. All these people in the audience want to come see me speak, right? And the venue says, you can't have guns here. I would never. I'm never. I'm not all about that. I understand the venues do it. Nothing I can do about that. Part of me does feel, I'll be completely honest, safer when I know that everyone's been disarmed for my safety. But you know what I don't like? I've got armed security guards. Okay, so if I do an event and I decide, I decide to stand on stage, I shouldn't take away the right of all of you to keep in bare arms. That makes no sense. So I don't like these venues doing it. And that means some psychopath in the audience might have a gun and he might want to hurt me. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. If I want to choose to be on stage in front of people and accept those risks, that's my choice. And in no way does it give me the right to tell you, you don't get to defend yourself. Because if someone was in the audience, and decided to go nuts on a crowd, what well, all of these people are now helpless, I ain't playing that game. That's why I say, get the guns. Legally, uh, I, think there sh- I think we got to repeal these gun laws, but that's why I'm not going to come out and be like Antifa with guns. I thought leftists, no, no, leftists have been pro gun. They've been pro gun. Check this out. Gubba first moved from the city in 2021 after buying a 1970s farmhouse on 38 acres of land where she's been growing her homestead ever since. It was there that she taught herself how to grow fresh fruit and vegetables as well as to preserve them using techniques such as freeze drying and canning. Speaking about our preparations, Gubba, Gubba, who lives with her five shepherd dogs, said the food I have now will last me five years. This inspirational right here. Before I was living in the city and lived on supermarket food. In the pandemic, I saw the empty shelves and saw people fighting for food and wanted to be self-sufficient. I started reading gardening books and grew a tiny little garden. Now I'm mostly self-sufficient. I didn't know how to can or grow food, but now I can. The homesteader also has a flock of 13 chickens. Goba, that's rookie numbers. You gotta get those numbers up. You gotta get more chickens. I think we've got like 50 something. And those are probably still rookie numbers, mind you. No, I think 50 may be a lot. 13's probably a- actually a good number for an individual on a farm who's just trying to sustain themselves. But uh, I love it. Fruit trees, growing vegetables such as garlic, tomatoes, varieties of lettuce, and cucumber. I have apple, pear, peach, tangerine, and cherry trees. This is incredible. And I grow raspberries, blackberries, blueberries. We got all those things out here, too. It's really amazing. Blueberries are like weeds, I guess. They are going to make jams, pie fillings, or even just for freezing to use later in a smoothie. I grow a wide variety of vegetables. I make my tomatoes and peppers into salsas. And if you can them, they can last 10 years or more. This is awesome. Everybody should be doing this. Everybody get out of cities, get some guns, get a farm, get chickens, don't get left behind. That's what I was saying yesterday in the main segment with the doomsday clock thing. I go to the casino, I hang out, I have a blast. It's a Penn Gaming casino. It's associated with Barstool Sports or whatever. Dave Portnoy starts going off about how Penn Gaming stock is going to skyrocket. I say, yeah, whatever. I ignore it. I keep hanging out at the casino. Penn Gaming stock, of course, starts skyrocketing. And I thought to myself, I know this place. I enjoy coming here. The horse races, the table games, the hold'em, slots, the steakhouse, and I didn't invest in it. That's the stupidest thing ever. Same thing to be said about this. I talk about this stuff all day, every day, and you hear it. You hear food shortages, inflation, you know, potential threats to cities, substations are under attack, doomsday clock. Now, I don't know if the world will end or if you really need to do this. I'm just saying you'll be happier. You'll be better off. You'll be in better shape. I don't know if you need to prep for 30 years. You know, we've got some, some food that lasts that long. It's like dried beans or whatever. But we're prepped for like a few months. Just because sometimes it rains. So any anyway, man, I just, you know, this whole, this whole segment right here is don't make fun of somebody, right? Chunky person, Antifa got a gun. Don't make fun of them. Because how many of you don't have guns? How many of you are not prepared? Yo, if they were to hit the fan, this chunky person right here, I'm saying that because I'm trying to make the point that people are insulting her. I'm not trying to insult her. I'm saying they're like, ha ha, look at her. No, 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 no. This person is already better prepped than, than those of you who haven't. OK, so you can mock their politics. Fine, I get it. We disagree. But hey, man, be responsible. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. From TimCast.com, U.S. records 300,000 non-COVID excess deaths, non-COVID, non-COVID, Medical experts say many people had health conditions deteriorate or diseases go unnoticed because of lockdown policies. This story by Adrian Norman. The U.S. recorded nearly 300,000 excess deaths not attributable to COVID since 2020, with researchers tying the spike to lockdowns and delays in healthcare, according to a new report from Daily Mail. The total number of excess deaths since 2020 topped 1.2 million, but only about 295,000 did not have COVID listed as the main cause of death. And I'm going to pause there. Main cause of death? Is that for sure? Cause what if they put died with COVID? We saw that in Illinois. I saw it in a lot of places, honestly. But let's let's just operate under under the uh, assumption it is just three hundred thousand, because there's a lot of important things to be said about this. Most of the excess deaths are from cancer, heart disease, drug overdoses, and firearms. Medical professionals say the government mandates prevented those who needed care the most from seeing their doctors, resulting in the deaths of thousands. Quote It's a hard question to decide. How many lives were saved by the shutdowns themselves, said Dr. Cody Wing, a health policy expert at Indiana University, told Daily Mail. What we are finding is that some of the things people did to avoid COVID risk, one of those things was to cut down of regular health care utilization, and that had health consequences. And I think it's more than just that, to be completely honest. The U.S. is not alone in facing the grim consequences of pandemic lockdown policies. England's National Health Service, will pay out more than a billion pounds to settle compensation claims for criminal negligence after families who lost loved ones during the pandemic hired lawyers to sue the government. Europe now faces a cancer epidemic because of missed screenings during the pandemic. More than 100 million cancer screenings were missed. missed. And as many as 1 million Europeans may now have an undiagnosed cancer because of government lockdown measures, Timcast previously reported. While the UK and other European countries had national lockdowns, In the U.S., restrictions were imposed on a state-by-state basis. Though there was no national lockdown policy, the decisions made by states and local jurisdictions contributed to spikes in excess mortality in the U.S. Wing says that many had their health condition deteriorate or had catchable diseases go unnoticed because of the lockdown. Cutting back care for COVID-sensitive groups was bad for their health, he said. Additionally, some patients made decisions to miss medical appointments out of fear Having been so deeply scared by the media and government, government officials, that they decided to stay home. Okay. excess deaths. A lot of people have been uh, attributing these excess deaths to vaccination. Certainly when we're talking about um, unanswered questions pertaining to strokes or heart attacks, I understand why people may think these things. I'm not so sure, but I understand why people are, are scared. It was, I think, Freepress.net wrote something about Damar Hamlin saying, like, why is everyone just outright assuming this cardiac arrest was caused by the vaccine? And I got to be honest, I understand, but I think some skepticism would be very important. Here's what I'm trying to say. The lockdowns were bad. The lockdowns killed people. The government mandates are the problem. I don't care about anything else. People come out and they're like, you know, talking about vaccines and why they're against them and all that stuff. And I say, look, 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 that's your business. What you choose for your health is between you, your family, your doctor, however you want to do it. What I choose is between me. What's not is when the government comes out and forces us to get medicated, right? If you're a proponent of vaccination, why would you be a a proponent of government mandates? These things are completely unrelated. If you oppose vaccination, well, then it's all about your choice and you can do what you want. Don't tell me what I should do. Granted, I understand why people are concerned. Don't get me wrong. The point is this. The government took action saying this will save you. It didn't. The lockdowns killed people. We know for a fact, not in dispute, failed policy from Democrat governors putting COVID patients in nursing homes, killed people, locking down cities and states killed people. Failed policy killed people. And it's not just delayed screenings. There's more. I know stories, um, people I know personally. I know a guy whose child committed suicide because of the lockdowns. It's crazy to think. Couldn't imagine that. It's got to be one of the most nightmarish feelings. These Democrat politicians, they enacted these policies. But you know what? I got to say it. You live in these places You voted for them. You voted for these policies. You defended these policies. And it only got worse. It only made things bad. And now we are sitting on 300,000 extra dead people. Excessive dead people. And I hate to see it. But you know what? We told you so. And you didn't care. This is who the segment's for. To all the people who said... You should have gotten vaccinated or you should have stayed home or you should have worn a mask because because of you, these people died because of this. No. Now you go to them and say because of you, because you defended authoritarian lockdowns, 300,000 people in the United States are dead. You had the choice to say no. But you supported it. These kids are going to be developmentally disabled. Many of these kids aren't going to learn to read. They're not going to understand facial expressions, and there's going to be more excess death because of the lockdowns. Look, man, people need to understand what the lockdowns were like. I I, I was in the suburbs in New Jersey. We had a backyard. They told us we could not go outside, and most people didn't. Now, I didn't see anybody getting in trouble, but you could still go to the store. They said, go out only for what you absolutely need. They had in the aisles, the arrows going one. you, You can only walk down this aisle in one direction, which made no sense. Very weird. Very, very weird. But we were able to go in our backyard. You know, Ian would start a fire in the little fire pit, and we'd hang out, have dinner, and we got fresh air. But in New York, in Chicago, in LA, these other places, people were trapped in cubicle studio apartments, tiny little one-bedroom apartments with multiple people. They could not leave, and they began to deteriorate. They weren't getting sunlight. They weren't getting exercise. They weren't eating properly. We had a mini ramp in the backyard. I exercise almost every day, got sunlight almost every day. But in the cities, it was decay. And because of this, people got weak. They lost muscle mass. Their immune system started to tank from no vitamin D. They probably weren't getting any vitamins. Their their diets probably went to crap. Their Their mental health started to break down. Here's what I'm trying to say about all this. That is provably true. We know that you, those who advocated for lockdowns, did this. We know that there are dead people because you advocated for a policy that killed people, period, end of story. Everything else, speculation. How many people were saved by the vaccine? They argue. We don't actually have those numbers. We have estimates. We say we think. That's fine. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about a policy of lockdowns. If the vaccines were going to stop transmission and save lives, then why the lockdowns? Why persist the lockdowns? Why bring back the mask mandates? Your ideas that you pushed, those who advocated for government mandates and lockdowns, resulted in death verifiably, and we look at it right now. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to say to people like that? How do we respond to family members when this is a fact? I don't have all the answers for you, man. I'm just perturbed. It's not the first time we read this story. The Wall Street Journal had a similar story. Among young people, explicitly, Specifically, more than half of excess deaths were caused not by COVID, were not COVID deaths. It was young people committing suicide, self-harming. It was young people not getting proper medical treatment, proper, proper nourishment. And for what reason did we do this? For what reason did we sacrifice the younger generation? It's kind of scary to think about where we go in this country if we don't have enough young people to sustain the system. Older folks Many of these politicians, yeah, they don't want to die. You bought yourself some time, I guess, sacrificing the young to save yourself. Well, I got news for you. Without young people to work jobs and generate revenue and resources, there's not going to be social security and benefits for for most for for those of you who voted for this. I'm not saying every single old person relies on those things, but the system will collapse. We'll have homeless elderly. And then what? And they'll die. They'll freeze and it'll get worse. And we already have a lot of, a lot of homeless people who are elderly or older, I should say. And it breaks my heart and it pisses me off. But I'm glad that we now have the hard data. Let this be said and share it with your family who are the naysayers and say to them, you were the one who agreed with this. And those dead people, you are the one who pushed for the policy that led to their death. I'm not going to go as far as to say the blood is on your hands. But at a certain point, man, it's time we stop being passive and and call them out the way they screamed at us. Your policies did this, not ours. Donald Trump was uh, could have been stronger. He could have absolutely been stronger, and he wasn't strong enough. I think he was scared that he would flub it, so he just kind of laid back on the governor's handle, it, hoping he could blame the states. You need strong leadership, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment, segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then.